Hello, you are listening to the Secular Buddhism Podcast, and this is episode number 15. I am your host, Noah Rochetta, and today I'm talking about the faith to doubt. Welcome back to the Secular Buddhism Podcast. This podcast is produced every week and it covers philosophical topics within Buddhism and secular humanism. Episodes 1 through 5 serve as a basic introduction to what secular Buddhism is and general Buddhist concepts, so if you're new to the podcast, I recommend listening to the first five episodes in order. All episodes after that are meant to just be individual topics that you can listen to in any order. And before we uh, get started, I like to remind my listeners of a quote by the Dalai Lama where he says, do not try to use what you learn from Buddhism to be a Buddhist. Use it to be a better whatever you already are. Please keep this in mind as you listen and learn about the topics and concepts discussed in this podcast episode. And if you enjoy the podcast, please feel free to share, write a review, or give it a rating. And now let's jump into this week's topic. So this week, I wanted to talk about the topic of faith and doubt, specifically the concept of having the faith to doubt. So a few weeks ago, while I was in China on a business trip, I had an experience that I think does a really good job of relating or explaining kind of what the whole concept of faith and doubt actually means. So leading up to this story, just a little bit of background I've been working with a new supplier for almost a year now. And in that amount of time, we've gotten to know each other, but we've never actually met. And something that happens in a lot of Asian uh, cultures, or at least in China, uh, people choose their own Western name to make it easier to communicate with Westerners like me. And, you know, I have contacts that I work with there that there's a Jason and there's a Wyatt and there's Mr. Lee, and and they kind of pick their Western names. And with this new supplier, um, it's no different. As soon as we started communicating, they told me, um, the person that you need to talk to is Chris. So I started emailing Chris, who's the head of sales for this new factory. And Chris and I got to know each other by email, and we've placed multiple orders for various parts with this new supplier. And everything's been going well, so I thought I would take advantage of this specific trip while I was in China to schedule a time and meet Chris in person. And while I was there, um, I received the message from Chris deciding where we where we were going to meet and at what time, and I followed the instructions to the meeting place, and I started walking around looking for Chris. And I looked for him everywhere, and I couldn't see I couldn't see him anywhere. So I continued to walk around just buying time. And then every minute or two, I'd come back to that specific location where we were supposed to meet, look around. He still wasn't there. So then I would keep walking. And I did this two or three times. And by then, almost 10 minutes had gone by. And I thought, well, Chris must be running late. I guess I I can just wait here for him to show up. So I went over to the specific table where we were supposed to meet, and I sat down. And there at the end of the table, there were two young girls uh, on their smartphones. So I just sat down on the other side of the table. And as soon as I sat down, one of the two girls looked up and said, Hi, are you Noah? I'm Chris. 
And I was just stunned because that was not what I was expecting. And I started to laugh and then thinking to myself, wait, you were here the whole time. I've been walking uh, past you back and forth and not once did it occur to me that the girl sitting at the table might be Chris because in my mind I had already decided that Chris was probably a man. And it was just a very um, mind-opening experience to realize how I was, in a very literal way, I was blinded by my beliefs. I was blinded by the belief that Chris was a man. And this, for days after this experience, um, I've just been thinking of the implications of that lesson. Uh, There's a meme that was going around on social media. Well, a quote, I guess it's not a meme, but there's a quote that I really like, and it says, what screws us up most in life is the picture in our head of how it's supposed to be. And I would put quotations around supposed to be. And I thought, that's exactly what just happened to me. There was a picture in my mind of how Chris was supposed to be, and that picture in my mind blinded me from seeing uh, Chris the way Chris really was. Chris had to finally speak up till I realized that was Chris. And it was a, a really moving experience. I've been thinking about this and trying to apply it to other concepts, thinking, man, in what other ways have I been blind to reality because I already have a picture of what that reality is supposed to be. And if you think about it, this is actually a a really powerful way of uh, understanding reality. You know, take a concept like happiness or love or success and think about the concept that you have in your mind of what that's supposed to mean or what that's supposed to be. And you'll understand very much like my experience with Chris, if you have an idea of what that is, you're not going to be able to see it for what it actually is. And I think this is the the very essence of what uh, Buddhism teaches. Thich Nhat Hanh says the secret of Buddhism is to remove all ideas, all concepts, in order for the truth to have a chance to penetrate, to reveal itself. And I like that, to reveal itself. That's exactly exactly what happened with Chris. Chris was there the whole time and I couldn't see Chris. And the only reason I couldn't see Chris was because of the concept that I had already developed in my mind. I was blind by my, you could say by my faith in my concept of who Chris was. And this is the notion of faith that many of us in the West, maybe from our our cultural backgrounds, um, have an understanding of what faith is. And typically that faith is, here's an idea, now believe in that idea and and don't doubt that. And the Eastern approach to this, you know, Alan Watts talks about faith as, as the attitude of being open to whatever is. And that attitude of being open to whatever is allows us to experience whatever is the moment it shows up. We don't have to go through wasting in my case, 10 minutes looking for Chris when Chris was there all along. But in life, we do the same thing. Perhaps it's looking for happiness, for example. And here I am looking for happiness because I have an idea of what happiness is. And then one day, happiness looks up and says, hi, are you Noah? I'm happiness. And I just think this is not what I was expecting. And and you literally start to laugh and realize life has been presenting it's presenting itself to you in ways like this all along. And the only thing blinding us from seeing those things is the picture in our head of how it's supposed to be. 
I've talked about this on multiple occasions in several podcast episodes, this idea of there's reality and then there's the story we build around reality. And that's that world of the story of reality where we get stuck prevents us from seeing the reality as it is. It's almost identical to this experience with Chris. And and this is the notion of uh, faith and doubt, at least in the Buddhist context, the secular Buddhist context. Um, we go through life developing concepts, and then we believe in our concepts or we have faith in those concepts. That's not what true faith is. I like to imagine true faith as uh, just being the attitude of being completely open to whatever may be approaching that table and not having any assumptions of is this Chris or is that Chris? I just know Chris is supposed to be here. So, you know, imagine if I would have showed up with the, with the attitude of being completely open to whatever is, I just would have walked up to the table and assumed one of you sitting here must be Chris, no matter how improbable that is based on the picture I had in my mind. But see, what's interesting is I, I couldn't do that. It's not that I didn't want to. I literally couldn't. I was I was blind and didn't even know that I was blind. And I wonder how many other concepts in life do I approach that way where I don't even realize that I'm blind by those concepts that the picture, the story that I have of uh, of, of whatever that thing is compared to just however it is. And this really motivated me, this experience motivated me to want to approach life with a new perspective, with a new attitude of of true faith, of being completely open to whatever might be and allowing whatever might be to uh, present itself like Chris and say, hi, are you Noah? I'm happiness or I'm uh, success or, you know, whatever the concept is that I have in my mind, I want to try to let go of that. And that, so this is where doubt plays a pivotal role in understanding the true nature of faith. If the true nature of faith is just being open to whatever is, then what I need to be doubting continually um, are the concepts that I create in my mind and question those and think, is this really how it is? Or is this the mental picture I've created about how life is supposed to be? And I think this is really relevant with all things in life, you know, I could take the concept of, of love, for example, and with your spouse or your significant other or your relationship with your parents or your children or siblings, you could look at that relationship and for years you could be questioning, um, you know, do they really love me? And it's it, it could be that they do all along and you've never seen it because you have a different picture in your mind of what that love is. And I think this really hits home if you've ever studied or, or read the five love languages. You'll learn that love is communicated and expressed in different ways. And if, if you speak one certain love language, uh, you could be, if you don't know that there are other love languages, you may be blind, very much like I was in seeing Chris, because you only see love through the language that you, that you speak. Um, and if you haven't looked into the five love languages, Google it. It's it's a really fascinating concept, and I think it's very applicable to to understanding uh, the notion of how we communicate and and experience um, something as universal as love. 
And if that applies to love, I'm sure it applies to so many other things. And if we don't know, if you know, if we develop uh, a belief in how things are supposed to be, then we become blind to seeing how they actually are. And th- that's really the essence of the of the topic that I wanted to discuss today: having the faith to doubt, or have you know the the key to accessing true faith, which is complete openness to whatever life is. Uh, the key to that is having doubt. And I think in our in our society, for some reason, we've we've kind of attached these negative connotations to the word doubt and positive connotations to the word faith, and we're motivated to always have faith, never question things, because somehow doubt is is like a negative thing, when in reality, doubt is a very positive thing. Doubt is the very thing that that makes something like science work. It's because we're continually questioning. And in exploring why, how, that we find new knowledge. So, you know, having this in our personal lives, the sense of doubt, the sense of questioning, is very much, I think, what the Zen Buddhism school refers to when it's talking about beginner's mind, the whole concept of beginner's mind. And think about a, a, a child. You know, children approach life with a beginner's mind, with this doubting Uh, I guess you could say a doubting uh, approach to life. And it's not a negative thing, but they're just constantly questioning everything. You know, everyone knows what it's like to be around a kid who's always saying, why? Now we're going to do this. Why? (laughs) And I think this is what, what it means to have a beginner's mind. You're always exploring. You're always curious. Why? And this approach is what allows you to uh, gain new insight to be able to see and learn stuff that you didn't know before because you don't operate on the, under the assumption of already having all the information that you need. Instead, you're always operating under the assumption that there's something that I don't know. And furthermore, I'm always operating under the assumption that everything that I believe, I actually might be wrong. There's not one thing you know, that I could say with, com- with complete certainty that I'm right. I, I should approach life the opposite thinking everything I believe could be wrong. And, and that is faith in the unknown faith in uncertainty, faith in, in whatever life is going to present. I'm just going to take it as it is. And I've talked about this in past episodes as well with the analogy of playing a game of Tetris, right? So again, imagine that you're playing a game of Tetris, and if you've ever played that game, you know that the whole premise of the game is that pieces just show up. We don't control what pieces show up, but when they show up, we have the opportunity to manipulate them, and we can move them and left or right, or you can spin them around to position them into whatever way is going to work best for your game, but the one thing you don't do is you don't control what comes up next. As soon as you place one, the next one's on the way, and it just goes on and on and on until until the game's over. And I think that's a lot like life. And approaching the game of Tetris like you would the game of life with an attitude of faith means faith in whatever's going to come up next. I just know is what's going to come up next. I don't know what it is, but I know that something's coming up next. And the moment it does... I'm just going to have to work with it. That's what I have faith in. And what I would be doubting, you know, what I want to doubt is the moment I think, oh, I know a square is coming up next, or I know that 
L shape is going to be what's coming up next. I should probably doubt that. That's where you need to have doubt and think, wait, you know, don't get caught up because the moment it doesn't show up the way I want it, now I'm all upset. There's a Zen expression that says great doubt equals great enlightenment. Little doubt, little enlightenment, and no doubt, no enlightenment. And this is the kind of doubt that I think is being implied here. It's the doubt that we have about the assumptions that we make. Um, There's a quote that says, no matter what you believe, you might be wrong. And I think it's really important to go through life with that attitude, the attitude of whatever I believe, it's fine to have beliefs, but I might be wrong. I might be wrong about my beliefs. And that is the cultivation of doubt. It's, um, It's what prevents us from being locked in a place with such certainty that we are blinded by that certainty. Blind faith is not a good faith. And again, I think the concepts of faith and doubt in our society have interesting connotations that are twisted. And it's like doubt is frowned upon and faith is is treated as something that's actually not really faith. And we're told to just have faith, but oftentimes it's, it's conveyed in the sense of continue to blind yourself around your belief and don't question the belief, but that's actually not faith. Faith is being open to whatever might be. And we do that by having and cultivating doubt uh, around our assumptions of, of whatever we think is. Um, so th- this is a, an entirely different approach to faith and doubt than what we're typically used to. And the beautiful thing here is that with this doubt comes uh, new knowledge. It's the only way new knowledge comes in. I like to think of science as a good example of the system of doubt. Science is constantly questioning, right? It says, well, here's what we know, and it's always asking why. Why does this work this way? And then it investigates, it creates a theory around why, and then it proves the theory, and and then that's new knowledge, and then we go on to the next thing. Okay, well, if that's that, then now we ask why again, then why this, then why that? It's always questioning. And this is the sense of doubt. With this, with this cultivation of doubt, if we can apply this inward to our own perceptions and understanding of the world, that's the key to obtaining new knowledge and wisdom about how the world really is. The assumptions that we have about other people, um, our in-group versus our out-group, you know, they are this way, they are that way, us and them, that whole concept. Uh, what if we were able to doubt the concepts that we've created about other, about these people who are in that category of other? So those are a couple of ways to look at and explore the concepts of faith and doubt within the Buddhist understanding of uh, life or the Buddhist worldview. Faith and doubt are not negative and positive things. They're actually both positive things in, in the tool set to help us to experience the nature of reality, to experience life as it is without being blinded by seeing only looking for life the way we think it's supposed to be. So again, uh, there's always just what is, and then there's the story we create around what is. We should doubt the stories that we're creating around what is, and we should have faith in being open to seeing whatever just is outside of those stories. So I hope that makes sense. I wanted to share that because I thought that was a a really neat experience for me to go through in China looking for Chris. And it's exciting to know that in life, that's happening all the time. 
we're always looking for Chris. And if we have an idea of what Chris is, then we're going to spend a lot of time looking for Chris that's sitting right in front of you when Chris has been there waiting all along. And I hope to have more experiences like that in life when I, when Chris will look up and say, hi, are you Noah? I'm whatever concept. And I'll, I'll just laugh and think, of course you are. That's how it's been all along. And I couldn't see it. And that's the nature of doubt that I want to have in my life. I want to be willing and able to continually question the assumptions that I've made about life, the assumptions I've made about how life is supposed to be, and especially when applied to concepts as important as love, as um, happiness, terms like success. I just want to be open to whatever those things are and not be blinded by the beliefs I have around what those concepts are supposed to be. And I think that will uh, provide many fascinating experiences in life, much like what Carl Sagan says, where he says, somewhere, something incredible is waiting to be known. And whatever that is, that it's waiting to be known, I think that's faith. I have the faith in that exact expression, that somewhere, something incredible is waiting to be known, and I can't wait to see whatever it is. But I'm not going to get lost in the assumption that I have of whatever that is supposed to be. So hopefully that makes sense uh, in explaining the concepts of faith and doubt a little bit more uh, at a deeper level for the understanding the Buddhist worldview of faith and doubt. Again, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share it, to write a review or give it a rating. And if you want to uh, clarify this topic a little bit further with me, feel free to reach out. I'd love to hear what you think about this topic. And... Um, I'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you.